right. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to the Clavio Design Podcast. My name is Guy. I'm a product designer working on the sprint team here at Clavio. This week, we're going to be talking about design trends and how to keep up. But before we get started, let's go around the virtual room and see who's on the line. Ooh, a sprint team represent. Hey, everyone, I'm Don. <laughs> also on the sprint team with Guy. Um, yeah, excited to talk about trends, what's working, what's not working. Yeah. Hey, everyone, I'm Adi, uh, new hire, and this is my second week at Clavio. Um, excited to be part of the team. Um, I'm also on the sprint team. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about the trends and uh, what's working, what's not, what I'm excited about. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone. And I guess the first question to get started is uh, what current trend are you most or least excited about and why? Yeah, I can go. Um, the trend that I'm, that I'm seeing and I'm excited about is, um, and this isn't just because we're working at Clavio, but big and bold brand branding. Um, like if you look at a bunch of e-commerce brands, their branding and their design have been like really explosive and loud in the past couple of years. Like they've gone from muted, like in the background to like, look at me, like very flashy, very cool, very hip, very Gen Z and I'm about it. <laughs> Anyone that does it really well? Like any names you like? To well, know? I have a recommendation later on okay. that is <laughs> an example of this. All right, a teaser. Let's yeah. check it out later. Then. <laughs> um, so for me, um, also plugging into what Donna, uh, I just mentioned, um, one of the things I'm excited about is how we can tailor um clavio to sort of cater to the gen z population um i know like there's this new um collaboration with um from shopify with uh tiktok and it'll be interesting to see how we could tap into that market um so that's something i'm excited about and then another thing that i'm also excited about is um virtual reality um seeing how i mean first off virtual reality is picking up and it's been an interesting space and I'm just excited to, you know, explore that and see what opportunities are there. Yeah, uh, I'm excited about, well, there's a bunch of new consoles coming up, video games. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, every time there's a leap in hardware, there's usually new things that are possible. And I'm very excited to see what can people do with that hardware. But so far, I think there's... From what I've seen in the UI of the PlayStation, it's like all these like multitasking and ideas of like you have this video here and then your game is here. It's like uh, kind of like multitasking on steroids. Um, but uh, I, I just I like some. I think we're going to talk a little bit about this, but like we had the flat design and now I think the pendulum is swinging back a bit to mm. like experimentation and like trying things that look different. So I'm very excited to see whenever like someone tries something like very different. I think just yesterday the PlayStation app updated and it looks really like wild. 
like it has like these there's like a top thing that goes down and like there's some animations and they have like a, a bottom nav that has like uh these lights and it's like wow this is like it looks something that feels familiar because it looks like apps that the way they used to be like you know every single app is unique in a way but um unlike that like in a new way so i'm very excited for that interesting yeah mm. i i haven't updated my uh playstation i haven't played that in like a couple weeks now so i'm, I'm yet to see that but that that's exciting that's something to look uh, forward to yeah uh i guess we should define what is a design trend <laughs> <laughs> so in my view <laughs> design trends are styles uh, layouts and usability choices that you see you know replicated throughout the design community and it's influenced by media and fashion and i think most heavily in the tech industry it's influenced by you know the big tech companies like google and apple uh, or facebook and i guess the first question is how do you know if a design trend is not some fad, like something that just comes along for a summer and just goes away. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And then my first question would be, how long do design trends have to last to be considered a trend? Mm. Like, is it a year, a couple of months, maybe a couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I guess you see a lot of things that are trends visually first before you get to see them in products. I mean, we were just talking about the neomorphism and I guess we can go dive deep on this topic, <laughs> but like it was a lot on a dribble and then like you wouldn't see it in actual products, right? I think I've seen like once or twice maybe. <laughs> so I think it's still a fad, right? Like, I don't know, like what do you- Yeah, like you wouldn't consider that a trend because it's not in actual things people use. It's just in ideas that you see online. Um, yeah, I mean, the first, I guess we should talk about what it is. <laughs> so neomorphism, and uh, you know, it's challenging because we're talking about visuals in an audio format. <laughs> but it's, uh, imagine that you have flat design, but it's with shadows now. And like, you have these like, simulations of depth using like you know visuals uh i think tesla is i think one of the major ones that has in their dashboard they use some neomorphism stuff like i don't have a tesla <laughs> i don't either just to be clear <laughs> so you know i've seen it on the web and some people had reactions to it but yeah i don't know have you guys have you experienced any neomorphism in your daily lives <laughs> Um, I don't think so, but like a way to look at it is it, is it just like taking flat design and seeing it in the real world? Like you're seeing actual buttons on the table. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, that's like more of the concept is to make it as realistic, um, as possible. Um, but yeah, personally, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of accessibility issues with um, with um, neomorphism and um, that space. But, you know, again, it could be, it could, like, again, like you said, Guy, um, people that have used that in Teslas, I don't know how, I don't know the context as to which, you know, they, the designer thought that that would be a great idea. Um, I don't know how we tested with, user, with users. Um, 
So again, like I feel like some parts we don't have a lot of context to be able to say, okay, yeah, this 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 could work in this or this wouldn't. But you know, personally for me, in all of the applications that I've seen, um, new morphine, that's just been on dribble. I haven't seen it in an, an actual product before. Um, it has been absolutely um, difficult, to, especially for folks that have um, um, disability. That that's that's just my opinion on that. Yeah. And I feel like it's harder to achieve that look. Like it's going to be more difficult for designers to get the right shadows, the right look and feel. So it doesn't look off, you know, so not as easy as designing with just straight up flat design. You know, I, I remember <laughs> when flat design came around, a lot of people said that it would gonna be it was gonna be harder to make it right, to get it right, because mm. you're so bare, right? Like there's just nothing to I feel like, you know, <laughs> when I was learning design, I would go to Photoshop and then right click layer, you know, what is it, blending options <laughs> and then just yeah. like checkbox everything and just play around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> and like, if you have flat design, I feel like your choices have to be so deliberate. And I feel like as you add styles, like you can hide a little bit of it in a way. But yeah, I guess, you know, it's harder to get it right, too, because you want to make sure that it looks good in a in a very like sort of hard to like measure way. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if this makes any sense. Unlike unlike the new battery icon that appeared in the new Mac. Yes. <laughs> I think they, they track back on that, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I keep thinking like, um, you know, there was this trend also about like making, you know, Snapchat and trying to appeal to a younger audience and they have all these gesture based navigation. Um, and then I feel like if you open Snapchat today, I'm not a heavy Snapchat user, but they added like now the tabs have, I believe labels, which is a big, you know, a big advancement for usability because I think they reach a point that um, just their their trendiness, so to speak, is an actual blocker to their product growth. I mean, a lot of people associate uh, Snapchat's success to the sort of like this thing about teenagers where if they learn something, they will share with their friends and, you know, right. this hidden language, so to speak. But I guess... Yeah, like <laughs> parents don't know how to swipe like that. <laughs> But yeah, I, you know, that's the thing about trends. Like it can work for one audience and then not work for everyone. And, and that's just not good if you want to grow your product, right? Yeah. Um, so in case of mobile, I, I guess, like we talked about Apple and, and Google, and whenever they update their OSs, there's usually something different or new with the, that they do with visuals. And you just see that ripples throughout the industry. Like you go dribble next day, right? <laughs> and you see how everyone's doing something. Like, you know, they had, I mean, the, this weird was widgets, right? And everyone's doing like widgets and like customizing their home screen and, and doing these crazy yeah. layouts that were not possible before. Uh, and so. the, there was that gradient from Stripe uh, when they redid the the website. It, that was a thing in the design community. Um, it was almost like gradients are coming back now, yeah. um, especially for the hero section of, of our websites. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, that Stripe is a big a big influencer in in in, in that. Like you see how yeah, the, like they did that redesign, and then everyone's like, "How can I apply that to my thing?" <laughs> yeah, how can I copy yeah. that? How can I copy that? <laughs> Knockoffs. Uh -huh. A stripedness look to it, I guess. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. it's so, sorry go ahead no <laughs> i was gonna say like company like these big companies like google and apple they have such a an influence on design trends too especially if you're like trying to design within their ecosystem like an example would be apple like leaning in on the cards in their os like if you're going deeper inside a task of a card pops up that you can slide away. Um, I'm seeing like a lot of different apps now and start to incorporate that. I know he had some ideas about that with that in the product. Um, so yeah, like these companies can constrain your designs and also like give you new ideas and like unlock things that weren't possible before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially if you think like, you know, one of the things that you want to do as a designer is tap into the user's shared like understanding of how things work. And everyone has a, I mean, most people have a phone or a smartphone. And if you can tap into the things that they've learned, like what is a triple dot, you know, button means <laughs> today, because it, it is used per very, like very um, in a lot of places in, across both iOS and Android, when you even when you're designing on the web, you can kind of assume that most people are going to figure out what it means without you having to under you know explain it too much because you know those platforms had done the sort of like the work <laughs> to yeah. teach people what it means. But you know a lot of times you can also like some platform. Uh, I think it was Slack's uh, redesign recently where they redid the navigation on the side and they had a blog post and they talk about you know, how they try to bring the floating action button to that app. And they said that people would not, you know, they something that worked really well on mobile, like the, you know, the floating action button on the top bottom, like that doesn't really work well on the desktop. So like, it's not that you can take everything and just apply it here and then mm -hmm. everyone's going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's usually very interesting to think about, you know, what do you expect people to know? Um, I am, I will say I'm glad that companies are trending away from navigation items on the top. Like they're just putting things within thumbs reach now. Very happy about that. On mobile? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's the hamburger menu was a whole discussion <laughs> for yeah. a long time. And then like, you know, Android was reluctant to change. I think just, you know, I think they have a very, it, it, it was very clean, right? Like there's nothing, you know, in your view, but that's also their problem, right? Like people wouldn't finding that there's more. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, the trend to make things minimalistic is another thing, right? Like to make things look clean and, and how that clashes with usability a lot of times where like you can have something that looks beautiful and looks great in a screenshot and does not work really well in real life. I think, uh, you know, speaking of the big, players, right? There's going to be a Mac OS redesign coming soon. And a lot of people complain about, you know, not that they have used it yet, but just by looking at the screenshots that a lot of, a lot of nuance has been removed, like affordances for shadows and like, just to make it look clean. <laughs> like things are very spaced out and like, you know, not that that's bad, but it just like some people want the higher density, like give me all the productivity and like all that. So it's like, it's a very tough sort of balance. You know, we work in productivity based tools and like we have to draw that balance as well. Like how mm -hmm. much do you, you know, how much density do you want to have in this UI versus like making something look nice? <laughs> mm. um, uh, yeah. So, you know, we just talked about how 
some of the stuff is coming back. And I think a lot of times when we talk about trends is this cycle, like this sort of like uh, it goes around <laughs> like things that, you know, we have a whole thing about the 80s now and like in music. Right. We That's see right. So many artists doing the 80s stuff today. And I think in design, we're seeing a little bit of that swing back. Right. Like the flat is now looks dated in a way <laughs> uh and how do you like sprinkle a little bit of that you know uh affordance magic <laughs> in your product today but yeah. um do you guys see anything like coming back in terms of design hmm. to put on the, spot. <laughs> the, the latest has been the uh, the new morphism piece I think that that has been the list. I don't know if anything else is coming. Um, uh, another big one that I've seen on um, on Dribble is like the um, I don't know how to like it's like a three D model of um, of like figures or illustrations. So like we have all these um, illustrations that uh, folks make, but then they're taking that and they're turning it to like three D. Um, like Lego looking sort of objects. Um, and then like they, they usually have like a shine on them. It, it's great, I think. And I've, I, I, I've been seeing that a lot lately. And they even started to add like a little bit, a little piece of animation to like the hair piece. Like there was one that I saw on one of the websites. I, I forget the name now, but um, the hair of that 3D model was like very fluffy and it looked very realistic. Um, so I think that's the one that might be coming back. Um, I don't even know if it was a thing before, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's certainly a trend that I even myself would like to get on. Um, yeah, sort of just turning all the flat illustrations to 3D objects. Yeah, on the marketing side, I think we're also seeing a lot of brutalist, like bold fonts coming back like mm. from the 60s, 70s, these crazy colors. I think... That's a cool trend. Like I like that. <laughs> oh yeah. So the the 3D part, right? I think if you look at you know Windows XP icons, right? They were all 3D, and then there was mm. like that flatization, and now they're like you know just a just one color. And I think we're seeing it go back a bit. I think they Windows just announced their new icons, and they all have some sort of like depth to it too. So it's like, yeah, it's really cool to see how that is now coming back. Cause it, maybe because our device, you know, displays are now so, you know, much better than they were. You can put so much more detail into a small space. So right. It's like maybe worth the effort to like make something that looks like nice. I mean, that, that was one of the, one of the weird things about when screens went to retina or like high density was that, you know, it went to high density and then you remove all the sort of detail from it. You know, we had these icons that look like, you know, wood patterns and like texture and like a cloth or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything became flat. So now the benefit of this higher density display is really on text, right? Like in images. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, so Don, I think you put here the some of the current design trends is designed to prevent misinformation. So how are you yep. experiencing that? Yeah, so especially in recent years, we've seen a lot of like political misinformation on social media. Um, people can just share blatant lies and like before there, there would be nothing to prevent that. Um, but now we're seeing 
places like Twitter, like highlighting these claims as false information, like make sure to do your research. They also just really something that um, tells you, make sure, are you sure you don't want to read the article before you try to share it? Like I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. you, like, like, you know, that that person hasn't read the article, but they're sharing it. Like, yeah, like give them a warning. Like, why are they sharing it? Um, so I think that's definitely something that we're going to be seeing more and more as like political discourse erupts <laughs> in the world. <laughs> And um, to your point, too, um, Don, I also noticed one, and that, that's also like a recent update on Twitter, um, and it's the retweet button, right? Like you can, and I don't know if it's like um, for everyone, but for my account, um, you can't retweet directly. Um, like you'd have to, quote, retweet that. Um, and again, I think that's just a way to prevent people from just like sharing information that they haven't um, done the research research on. Um, so you'd have to like sort of put your own stamp on that tweet mm. and say, hey, like this is this is something that I'm, I'm either endorsing or that I've confirmed that it's true uh, before it you know goes into that retweet mode. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, yeah that's I, I I was on Twitter this morning and like some I mean the post kind of went viral and it was um, she was complaining that now there's this effort to move her thumb all the way to the top of the screen because now you can't just like hit that um, retweet button easily. Yeah. Like you'd have to, once you hit that, it goes into the quote retweet where you'd yeah. have to make a comment. So it's just like forcing users to um, make sure that they're not spreading false information, you know, given the times that we're in. <laughs> <laughs> the political times. Yeah, so just some background. We're recording this before the U.S. election. <laughs> The episode will right. come out after that, 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 the US election. That, that's a good time stamp. So yeah. I hope whoever is listening this on the future, <laughs> they, you know, future is awesome. Uh, um, I, I also just want to say that I think this is all part of tech's, the tech world's um, responsibility to be more transparent, especially in disclosing things in UI, like mm. I've noticed that whenever you do a task, like it'll tell you exactly what's going to happen after you do it, like why it's happening. So like there are no questions. Um, Like I was depositing a check the other day and like the bank told me that they have to clear the check in like two to three days and then your funds will be deposited in like three to four days after that. Um, So definitely good to see. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, uh, Adi, when you talked about, like, yeah, putting that friction to the user to make sure that they, you know, they have a stamp of approval. Like, it is such a departure from, like, the early days of social media. If you yeah. The things that Facebook used to do, like, I don't know if you guys remember, if you connect Facebook to Spotify, it would share every single song you're listening to. You know, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they would promote this thing. I think it was called, like, frictionless sharing. Like, the whole idea is that... You know, you know, very different from today, right? But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that you're constantly, prom- you know, sharing what you're doing and like, you know, the things you're listening. And I think Netflix had something with that. You know, you would connect Netflix to your Facebook, and then if you watch something, it would post instantly without you like saying anything. And a lot, you know, that caused a lot of pain because you know. Yeah. I think today, um, you know, people talk about like 
uh, if you watch something on Netflix, then like, your algorithm gets messed up or something. Like <laughs> even like <laughs> you have incognito modes and things like Google Maps, right? Like if you want to make a search and you don't want that search to, you know, somehow be logged in your in your account. And I think this whole go, goes to with like privacy and Don yeah. saying like the transparency of it. I think you know today if you open an app, especially in iOS, like you have that mm-hmm. sort of like disclaimer screen that shows you like everything that we're collecting and like I think they're enforcing that on all the apps too today it's like yeah a lot of more like overhead but in a good way like you know being transparent for for good you know to make sure that no one's misusing (laughs) anything um cool um talked about uh, animations and the idea that you know some use of motion it's also something that we've seen like uh, you know the response to users input like how do you you guys like that like when you tap on an icon and it like moves around or I don't know <laughs> yeah like those little micro interactions I think that's really cool um, and it certainly adds delight to whatever you're using yeah um, I absolutely love that um, motion is always key um, to UX and I think I've always enjoyed the ones on mobile. Um, maybe the ones on websites could be, um, in my opinion, I feel like the more animations are on um, a certain website, it may take longer time, a longer, um, yeah, longer load time. So like if there's a certain page that, you know, there's a bunch of important information that you are trying to convey to users, um, Maybe not use a lot, a lot of animations. Um, again, it's 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 very context based. Um, if it's something that you're trying to like show some aesthetics, great. Um, but if it's maybe you're looking to apply for a, a design position, and you know the hiring manager or whatever whoever's hiring doesn't have a lot of time, you know, to dedicate to that, um, you really want to capture that six second um, time frame, and you know be able to convey that information. And I feel like if there's a lot of animation on that page, it could um, take that experience away um, or maybe not relay that information in the amount of time that you expect that to um, to be relayed. So I always feel like there's just, there's just like, just finding that sweet spot between like, you know, over animation um, and, you know, making sure it's appropriate for that context. Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh... When I was doing my portfolio in 2018, uh, I, I I asked some people for feedback, and I did add animations like in the <laughs> transitions, right? It, they're still there, but like, I think one of the feedbacks that I received that was like a little bit unusual was like, "Oh, you should tweak it down a bit," you know, like you should because like people think that if you add too much, it seems like you're hi- like, not that you're hiding, but like what instead of just giving me the information, like it seems like you're you're like you're putting too much. I think like animations like spice in food like you don't want to overdo it <laughs> otherwise you ruin the meal right <laughs> yeah it's so it's yeah. just like it's like designing um slide decks right like you don't want to have too much animation otherwise you get distracted <laughs> from the content <laughs> certainly been right of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i remember there was one presentation in college I, I put like all the effects and it was like everything <laughs> everything in keynote right like i remember i even used fire the one that like burns yes. the slide and, comes, <laughs> and then like at the end they're like wow <laughs> that was a lot <laughs> but um 
Yeah, I definitely, I, I like, a, a, you know, when used with uh, in the right places to call yeah. attention to what is good, I, you know, what you want to promote, I think that's that's great. Um, a little bit about uh, this whole push about tech companies doing more health stuff. Don, you just acquired a Apple Watch Series 6, am I right? I did, yes. So are you tracking your blood oxygen? How is it going? <laughs> I am not, but it... <laughs> But I guess I'll hear about my blood oxygen if it ever like dips below a certain amount. <laughs> yeah. So you I, all, are you all in on like the quantified self and um <laughs> like I think that stuff is there to like passively look at your health, especially for me. Um like I am not going to be using it daily to track my blood oxygen level or my heart rhythm because I don't need to. Um, but I, I have been finding like the, the wash your hands notification very helpful, um, especially if I'm out somewhere and I come back home. If like after some amount of time, it reminds me to wash my hands. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Have you had it triggered by accident? Like, I feel like it happens when like I'm washing the dishes or something. Yeah, it happens. Washing my hands. Yeah, exactly. It happens whenever it hears water, <laughs> and you're like nearby. I guess. Oh, I think it's it's also by motion because I think I was like opening something like a mm -hmm. bag, and I think yes, the noise. It was a loud noise, quote unquote, and then like also with motion with your hands, and it was like washing your hands and it's like no yeah <laughs> and it gets logged right like it goes to your health app and then if in your health app you can see what is your average washing time it's not how great many times you actually wash <laughs> so i was like oh this is getting counted i think that this whole thing about data also makes you self-aware like a lot of times right like uh, you're not acting like sometimes naturally because you know something's getting tracked like i just talked about like netflix right i think this 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 sort of balance of an algorithm-based experience that puts what you want in front of you versus, you know, the user not doing what they want to do because they know, oh, this is going to change my experience somehow. So I'm not going to like yeah. just watch this show. <laughs> or click a certain part of a website because, you know, tracking cookies, you would get a Facebook or an Amazon ad. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it definitely influences um, decisions. Personally, for me, uh, th there have been some links that, like, if, once I click this, I just know I'm probably going to see that ad for the next couple of days <laughs> on Instagram or anywhere else. So, um, yeah, I, I honestly don't know if that's a good thing in this instance. Um, definitely a great thing for the, the company or for the brand um, because then they get a, a ton of people to uh, buy their products and engage with them. Uh, but for it could be a, a pain point for users at the same time. Yeah, Instagram ads are uh, very interesting. <laughs> they're, they're, they're brutal. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's surprise how it's surprising how effective they are. Like you know, they're mm -hmm. they, I don't know where the data is coming from. Like you know, sometimes it's it like is it for your email? Like you know, there's a lot of you know conspiracy theories about like are they listening or I know it's like right. it's proof that it's not true. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just so you know eerie how how you know, effective it is. And I think Facebook keeps saying, you know, when presented with the option between giving ads that are relevant to you versus ads that are not relevant to you, people, oops, people always prefer the ads that are relevant to you. Like if you're going to have ads, then just show me something that's relevant, right? Um, but yeah, 
sometimes they do follow you around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I remember um, when I had my son, or before that time, um, I have never even looked at um, anything like any baby products or try to do any research on maybe diapers or baby food or on any of that stuff. Um, and again, me and my me and my wife would talk about that all the time. And all of a sudden, I just started seeing like ads on Instagram um, because I'm, I'm never on Facebook anymore. I still have the account, but again, I'm on Instagram and it's the same thing. Um, I would just start seeing a bunch of like um, baby products, uh, baby lotion, baby soap, and everything was just baby, baby, baby from top to bottom. And I was like, I know I haven't done any research on this. We've just talked about it. And how is it that I'm getting these ads? Um, but I don't know. I, they, they, like you said, there's a ton of conspiracy theories and you don't really know what's what. But yeah, it, it, it could get scary sometimes. I mean, if I clicked on it, I'd be like, okay, yes, I, I clicked on this link, um, which was something that even happened recently. Um, my dad had sent me a link to check out and I did. I just I was on the website for a couple of seconds. And the next time I was on Instagram, that was the first thing I saw. Um, <laughs> So yeah, if you click on it, you definitely get the ad, but when you don't even click on it, you don't engage with that product, but then you're still getting ads. That's where you're like, okay, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, I think it's because people that you engage with engage with that stuff and they mm. like know who you talk to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that that could be that could be another um another way that yeah it's possible because if you're then like maybe if i'm on amazon for instance right maybe if i search on a, a, a particular baby product there could be some sort of tracking cookie or something that would then feed that information to facebook or uh whoever and then i could still get that ad um but yeah it, it, it just boils down to privacy and to your point, Guy, like, I, I don't like to get ads that I absolutely have no idea about or like what, what um, that brand is. If I were to choose between getting one that um, I either relate with or I've used or looking to use, I would choose that, you know, rather than something that's just very random off of the internet. So, you know, the, the, there's always that too. Uh, that story you told reminds me there's a Amazon there was an Amazon there were law, a lawsuit I think because someone was getting baby products and they did not even know they were pregnant or something I think you're reading something about this or their parents found out that their the parents found out that their kid, their child was pregnant before they interesting did. something crazy <laughs> that, that's that's yeah I I <laughs> I haven't heard about that before, but like, yeah, that would be, I can imagine how that, that must be absolutely brutal. Um, but you never know with these companies, you know, you don't know what's happening, you know, what algorithm they're using. And, you know, again, with the thing with uh, machine learning and, you know, AI, it's, it's getting better and better. It's, you know, uh, and it goes to this predictive sort of, um, or the data science part of it, like they're able to predict some things even before they happen. They already know that, oh, you search on this product X, X amount of time ago, like that means you must be looking for something like this. And then they would serve you an ad based off of that information. Um, so yeah, AI, it's, it, has its, it has numerous advantages, but also it could be a pain point for a lot of uh, users or in some context. So I guess tech still has a ways to go with being transparent <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, yeah i mean we just had this year the the 
congressional hearings, right, with the tech companies, and mm-hmm. I, I watched a little bit of that, and it's it was really awkward. <laughs> but <laughs> it always is. It always is. Uh, I think this is a great segue to talk about a little bit about you know data driven experiences. I don't know if you guys have used TikTok, but one of the things that you know it's famous for is that you tell very little about what you like, and you know you get a for you sort of like view, and then all those videos are cho- chosen by the algorithm. And that's the thing that sets it apart from Instagram. And the thing that yeah. we're trying to do now is like have a more algorithm driven uh, sort of experience. Um, I, I, you know, it, it's fascinating. <laughs> and somehow like the videos there have so much more engagement. Like people say that creators that post there like gets, get, you know, many times more than traditional other, you know, not traditional, I guess, <laughs> other social medias that we've seen. Yeah. Before. Um, so yeah, have you guys like had any experience with that? Yeah, for sure. Like I'm guilty of like browsing TikTok <laughs> maybe daily. <laughs> bad habit that I'm trying to break, but they just hook me with the for you content. Like I sure I want to see you make an omelet. <laughs> like then I see more. <laughs> Always interesting. I I I don't have a TikTok account. Uh and I've only seen some of the videos that my wife has sent me. Um so I I don't know. I I know there's a lot of engagement on there and like the Gen Z population, they're like, that's like their to go social, um, social media app. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's that thing with the yoga. And I know that happens to her too, because when you like certain videos, you then get, you get more videos that are like exactly in that maybe industry or, you know, sort of like the same niche. Um, yeah, it's that thing with the algorithm that they create. I, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I don't, I, I maybe the I would say though that the, the the main reason why I don't really go on TikTok is just for the the fear that I'm just gonna get hooked and it'll be hard to <laughs> get unhooked. So I'm already struggling with Twitter. So I don't want to add another yeah. um, social media app to my to my um, addiction, so to speak. Um, so yeah, but yeah, definitely a great social social media app and uh, tons of great content on there. Yeah, Key, how often do you browse? Uh, not that often. Every once in a while, I do open it. And then, yeah, my sessions are very long because, like, they just keep going, right? Like, yeah. I think there's just the perfect balance of the video is, it's, like, short enough. And it's, like, you can just swipe to another one. It plays instantly. And, like, the experience is, you know, it keeps giving you, like, endorphins, right? I, I, it's very easy to get hooked to. <laughs> and I think... Uh, they even have their, like, I think it's one of the, TikTok has been around for a while. It, it was another name and I think musically, right? Um, but they even have already like the sort of like the, how do you say, the the health stuff where you can track, you know, you can block yourself. Instagram has uh, this too where like, I don't, yeah. don't want to go above 25 minutes. And it, it's like, hmm. we know that, yeah, I think. Do people use that really? <laughs> I, I've seen that on, on Instagram. It tells you like, oh, you spent XX amount of time on the site. Um, I don't know if it gives you option like to log off or something. I, I don't know what that experience looks like because I haven't tried it before. But like, do people really use that? That's that's the thing. I, I've insta- I've uninstalled Instagram so many times, but then I keep reinstalling it back, um, just to say, oh, it's been a long time. Let me see what's happening. You know. So, 
um, yeah, I just said, Gee, that the endorphins they just keep coming in, and you're like, okay, you can't stop. So, I, it's just been my goal to like not get hooked to all these um, social media apps. It's it's just yeah. like, yeah. I think something related to this is, you know how on Instagram there's an explore tab where you can see related posts to what you like. I'm beginning to see the explore tab more in other apps as well. Like Spotify has the explore tab where you can like see everything. Um, and this is where you would also search for something. So like if mm-hmm. you're searching for something, but something catches your eye, oh, like, let me listen to that. Um, also like starting to see it in like, productivity apps like banking apps like what do i need to explore here (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, they're just trying to find ways to like continue to get you hooked Mm -hmm. (laughs) keep the engagement going oh wait i I, (laughs) sorry go ahead i i do like the one uh the spotify um explore feature i because i listen to certain types of music like i listen to a lot of Afro beats. Um, I used to like R&B before, but like now I'm more into like the Afro beats uh, genre. And I love this and that. And every time I go to that explore page or any, every time I get get this like daily mixes um, yeah. on my um, explore tab, I've, I've seen that the, the genre that's being offered exactly what I need. So that would be the only way that I, that, the only app that I would say that works great for me. Like I just get tons of great music um, you know, again, based off of what I like. So, yeah, I, I think Spotify, for me, though, Spotify does does a great job at that. Yeah, I mean, going back to the whole, like, you being self-aware about, like, you know, what are you doing? I think Spotify has a thing, too, where, like, you, you know, everyone has, like, a guilty pleasure sort of, like, music. <laughs> you know, like, that band from your teenage years that every once in a while you listen to again. And you don't want that to ruin your algorithm, right? Like, you're getting all these recommendations. But if you listen to this one record, <laughs> it just starts, like, yeah. everything mm-hmm. else is going to come differently. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's a balance, right? Um, cool. Uh, well, I guess uh, we can go to recommendations unless there's any other trend that you guys want to touch on let's go all right don yeah so my recommendation we touched upon this a bit earlier but it's a brand called umsum now they are a beautifully designed asian spice starter kit brand with a super fun, loud personality. I haven't actually tried their product yet, but I do love the way that they're branding themselves, their design, um, and like their packaging is so beautiful. Like, awesome. And they're telling like, um, like really cool stories with their products too, even though they're just packets of like spices um, oh, yeah. that you cook with. Um, so yeah. The website's, the website's beautiful. Yeah. Is this like, I think that's another style, right? Like, is this like a very bold, like it's almost brutalism, but it's like, you know, with color. <laughs> very, ex- very expressive. Yeah. Uh, Good use of colors too. I think it's very 70s. Nice. That yellow and red. It, yeah. It definitely gets you hungry. <laughs> Just by looking at this. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, for my recommendation is just very random. Uh, <laughs> and it's just uh, the new Watch Dogs game, video game that's coming out today. Or was it even yesterday or today? Um, I, I've seen the trailer and I, I just loved it. And I, I played the first and the second one. And it's, I, I so I love open world video games. So uh, I'm a sucker for anything in that space. And just check it out. I haven't gotten it yet. I'll probably do that at some point this weekend. But um, yeah, it's a, it's great. I've I've seen the the visuals and um, some of the in-game screenshots that some people have taken. Um, I think it looks absolutely phenomenal. I don't know if it's gonna tie into VR. That would be something I'd like to see. Um, again, just having that VR experience in a in an open world game, I think that would be phenomenal. So just check that out and enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I'm also looking forward to that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah. Um, so my recommendation is more like the way that I keep up to date, quote unquote, is I follow a lot of RSS feeds, which is very old school. <laughs> We're just talking about algorithms and RSS is, you know, the very much like not that. <laughs> it's like it's very, you know, manual. Like you go to a website, you take their feed and copy and paste and, and follow them. And then you... You know, you get notifications or, you know, you can get uh, in your app about whenever there's a new content. And I think, you know, the thing about algorithms that we talked about, it's like they promote, there's like, it, it's very hard to find sometimes things that are out of certain, like, it, it tends to reiterate some certain things, like the things that are popular have some sort of quality to it. Um so I think one of the ways to find emerging stuff is trying to find people that, um, you know, whose taste or opinion you really respect and then see what they do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, see like, you know, how you can like connect two different pieces together. Like, you know, you see, oh, I see this person talking about this, but then I heard also about this other person talking about this. And that's how I can like, oh, maybe this is something that I should pay attention. And, and I think that's the way I like to follow these, like like design stuff uh, or anything in, in tech or uh, things like that. So the good old RSS is my recommendation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I use Feedly for that. Uh, they're still free, I believe. Um, I used to use Google Reader, but that went away. <laughs> um, but yeah. Hmm. Looks nice. Yeah. It, I mean, I don't use the app. I use, they have a open, they have an API that you can plug any app. I use the Reader app on iOS, uh, which recently was redesigned. It looks pretty nice. It's just text. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it looks very polished. Um, all right. So... Uh, that's it for another episode of the Clavier Design Podcast. If you, listener, have any feedback for us or any trend that you'd like to plug into, <laughs> let us know and send us an email at designpodcast at clavio.com. Uh, oh, we have like an email. Show, we do have an email. <laughs> official, official. <laughs> yes. If you like the show, consider leaving a review on the Apple Podcasts, and that helps the show. And uh, thank you, and I'll see you next time. Ooh. Sprint Bye. team represent. <laughs> <laughs>